Hello, everybody. Dave Neal here. Good to see you. The SAP Podcast. All right, folks. This conversation is a good one. It's with me and a fine lady named Blair. Blair has a Instagram account called uh, talk purity to me, and she talks all about purity culture. Uh, she does a really good job of explaining what purity culture is, but essentially, it's all the harmful things that uh, you know religion does to control people's bodies through saying they need to wait for marriage, and you know why you should hold on to yourself for the special one, and this and that, and how it can lead to a lot of shame. Uh, you know, w- with really young people, uh, purity culture talks about you know these weird sort of like cult like um, marriages where like the father. Uh, has his daughter sign a purity pledge and gives her a purity ring to wear. You know, I've been getting, uh, this This video has been up on YouTube now for a few hours and I've been getting some messages from people about uh, their own experiences with purity culture. Feel free to DM me at, on Instagram at dneals. I'd love to hear your story and share it in the future. Of, oh, always, you know, anonymously. And I appreciate everyone sticking around for these audio episodes. As you guys know, the YouTube has been uh, blowing up all year long. It's been the moneymaker. It's been the uh, the thing I've kind of focused my energy on, making three to five videos a day. Those mostly center around Bachelor Nation. So um, I know I know that this podcast itself uh, never had Bachelor as the focus. And I'm still trying to like think of the perfect way to... Um, continue doing this podcast, but also bring in a bachelor audience. I don't make a dollar or a dime or a penny from the podcast itself. I've only had one or two sponsors my whole life on the podcast. It just, it just isn't at that level that the YouTube is, whereas the YouTube makes crazy money. So that's just where I've been focusing my energy. I hope you guys can understand and respect that. Um, uh, maybe, maybe we'll get to a point where we get the podcast going. Maybe I'll get a producer or someone who can like sort of, um, I don't know, get it, get it to where it needs to be. But in the meantime, as a one man shop, that's why I've been over there on the YouTube making silly amounts of content. You know, like 20 videos a week or so. All right, folks. Well, enjoy this conversation I had with Blair and let me know what you guys think. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited uh, to chat with our guest Blair here from the Instagram Talk Purity to Me. How you doing, Blair? Doing well. Thanks so much for having me. I've been wanting to talk to you for so many different issues, and and it's going to be so hard for me to stay focused here. But your page, Talk Purity to Me, uh, is about purity culture. And can you just give like a basic definition for people that have never heard that before? Yeah. So it's basically a set of ideas that places a huge emphasis on virginity and, you know, people keeping their purity and their worth, um, tying that to whether or not you've had sex. Uh, it's, it's very common in religious, um, contexts and different religions, but also it shows up outside of religious, religious, um, basic religious contexts as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of built in, especially I I've heard this, like, idea that the United States is one of the most conservative first world uh, countries when it comes to these ideas. And that's hard for people to wrap their heads around because we think liberal versus conservative, but just the idea of like saving yourself and Mm -hmm. slut shaming and all these different views. It's like in some other countries, you just, I don't know if, if there's a, if, if they have to deal with it, if it's more of a, um, uh, built into our Puritan upbringing or whatever the case may be, but you must get like a ton of religious uh resistance to to the thoughts that you post on your page oh yeah yeah i get you know i've even turned some of it into merch like i you know people have called me like an agent of satan and i just like ran with it and got some really cool merch and threw that on there so yeah i get all kinds of stuff like that oh i love doing that like you (laughs) you parlay someone's negative energy and you just bring it right back out into the world it's a good way to rally the troops too when when you share a little bit of hate you receive they're like oh wow we need to double 
I always say when you're getting some hate, it means you're touching in the right places. You're, you're, you're like the doctor pushing into like where the broken parts of the soul are now. Now also, can you separate the good parts of religion from the purity culture? Because it seems when people hear criticism of religion, it's hard stop me versus you get into Mm -hmm. heaven or not. But like, are you able to separate the two? Sure. You know, I have a lot of family and friends who, you know, their belief, their Christianity, those Christian values are still super important to them. And my philosophy is just like, if it makes your life better, if it helps you live your best life, go for it. It's not for me, but you know, if that's what you want to do, then I say more power to you. And that, that goes for everybody. So, you know, now, obviously when it comes to the show, the bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise, purity culture always comes up. You're basically putting people from all over the country into a house or a beach or wherever. And they're talking about their, their sex and the morality. And you've got uh, virgins that have been on the show. And most recently, I think where I, when I started following you was Mikey Planeta, who's a virgin, but he says he's made mistakes. And, and um, can you speak to like the idea of like, when you feel like you've had slip ups, how that might affect, you know, is that slut shaming? What is that? I think it's, um, I mean, I, was actually so sad for Mikey and that. I know a lot of people were kind of taking shots at Mikey and like, oh, this guy, like, what's he talking about? He's just like making a big deal out of nothing. But when you grow up in this culture, um, any of those like slip ups, like if you, you know, hook up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, those things feel like a huge deal because you've been told your whole life that that is like a one way ticket to hell, basically. So you know, you do really internalize that shame. And when I read all about that interview and kind of saw what he was saying, I just felt that shame coming off of him because I can relate to that so much. It's just so much shame that's built up around sex in these different, especially Christian in the United States, you know, Christian religions just really drive home that, you know, sex equals bad, you know, before marriage. So it's, it's really hard for people to unlearn those ideas. Yeah. And, and I fully get it. I have, I have an uncle who's a priest. My family's very Catholic, very conservative in a lot of ways. And I just push back on a lot of the ideas because I was raised, you know, where I wouldn't say one swear word. I had my own sort of moral guidelines that like good versus evil. And then eventually I was like, the fuck cares. Mm-hmm. You can be good and swear. You can be good and have a one night stand. Like you, you can, how you affect other people, your energy level to me is so much more important than some strict guidelines of where you put your body with, with consenting adults. Mm-hmm. Now, how did, at what point did this hit you where you were going to push back against the purity culture? Uh, like, 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 tell me about that, that phase. Yeah, it was almost two years ago, which is wild to think about. I've been running this page for a couple years and, um, I really just started to kind of ask around to my friends and on my own personal Instagram, I actually put a little question box and just asked, you know, my friends, my followers on that private account, you know, how has purity culture affected you in your adult life? And I just got dozens and dozens of responses. I was like, my mind was kind of racing. I was like, okay, we got to do something about this. Like, this is clearly a huge problem. And I started asking about it because I was still struggling with it and, you know, still working through my upbringing and purity culture. And so I really just realized like, okay, we got to just at least open the conversation up about this. Like this is, you know, we don't need to 
all feel so bad about this. Like some people are married with kids and still struggling with like their sex life with their spouse. And it's like, all right, it's time to just rip the bandaid off. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's plenty of like uh, uh, niche communities on YouTube where there's people that talk about their coming out of the Mormon church. And mm -hmm. that's a big one. And I'm fascinated by that. One of my best friends was raised Mormon. Whole family is still Mormon. He's not. And the amount of pain and anger and guilt he feels just, and he's a successful, amazing guy. He's one of my best friends. I see this and it just pains me to see, but because these topics are so popular to people that are like, you know, coming out of that, that haze there, you see that you see these, um, you see these communities come up online where people really need to get help and support just for unpackaging whatever guilt, shame they didn't even know they had. And it's weird that in 2021, it feels like the world's just starting to talk about this. Uh, we talk about, uh, I started talking about purity culture with Colton Underwood season. Obviously he was closeted when I was even beginning to have the the discussion. So there's a lot to unpack there. But mm -hmm. as we talk about Bachelor in Paradise, uh, Tuesday night, we had Marissa and Riley, and they probably had sex in the boom, boom room. I don't think they've confirmed it. It's pretty much um, part of the story. And, mm -hmm. and it rears its ugly head where commenters are saying they weren't serious because she gave it up so early. And how could you how, no wonder you haven't had a date. I mean, you sent me the screen grabs. It was one after another. What were your thoughts uh, on that? Well, I was not surprised at all, but I was also very sad. Um, you know, this is just to be expected, unfortunately, because so many people are still entrenched in this idea that, you know, they really moralize consenting sexual relationships as if it's not marriage, it's bad, you know? So it's like, they can't get out of that framework. So they see people, they see two adults on TV having a consensual sexual experience and they can't get out of their head that for some reason that's offensive and that's wrong. And whoever would, you know, whatever woman would be involved in that is obviously a slut and not worth anything. And, you know, of course she can't get a man, those types of things just, I mean, it's, it's rampant and you see it everywhere really. You know, I, I felt the same way as you. I go, I'm not surprised at all. I, it's almost like we could have had this conversation beforehand and then just inserted the screen grabs. Mm -hmm. Now, there's something to be said about the Internet being a dark place for racism, homophobia, purity culture. And and that's going to happen. But it's it's good to look at these examples because it, it does exist out there. I mean, when I started looking into purity culture, these purity balls, I had never heard of this. New England, we're kind of, like Catholics are kind of like religion light. We have our own guilt and our own thing, but we don't we don't go. We don't have like, you know, the equivalent of like a quinceanera for that, where the, the they dress up in white and the and the father gives the ring to the daughter to uh, pledge her chastity. This is this is sickening. I think most people see this and they go, what the hell is going on in our country? Mm -hmm. it, it feels like a parody. It feels just like it can't be real. I, I was like, these are not real photos. I mean, you Google it and I'm sharing them. I'm like, I need to blur out faces because this is embarrassing that this is real and you can't, I think having grace, I mean, like, could you talk about like uh, whatever grace you may have for the people that maybe uh, are lost within this all and, and also how to separate, you know, people from meaning well versus being like, hello, you're, you're either brainwashed or you're like, you're, you're flawed. Like, don't, you don't need to project your opinions on others. Do if that's what you feel like doing great, but like, where do you, where do you stand with like how you even uh, deal, like have the grace to deal with that all? So 
one of the biggest things, you know, I, I know how I used to be. I used to be deeply indoctrinated and um, just really was so sold out to these ideas. And I know that I have changed. And so I try to always believe that people are capable of change because I know that I've changed. And um, yeah, you know, it's like you definitely, you, you look at the bigger institutions and the players within them, you know? So you look at like the religion that I came from, um, Baptist, um, Southern Baptist. So there's like the Southern Baptist Convention. You look at the machine that is the Southern Baptist Convention, and then you see all the little players and like how this all trickles down and how, you know, really purity culture is about controlling people, controlling their behavior. Um, it really fits in a lot of um, cult characteristics, you know, controlling behavior, information, um, thoughts and emotions around sex. So you really see how this is, um, you know, a lot of people really think they're doing what's best. Um, and that's, you know, it's something to consider because we all, you know, who grew up in religion, we all probably participated in some way and spreading these ideas, but you also have to understand the impact of what these ideas do to people and how they continue to affect them. Even, you know, once you've left the religion or once, you know, you no longer are within those purity culture sort of. You know, when you, when you talk about control, again, I don't know anything about this other than I, my own curiosity. So like, I just, you know, if you've seen any of my videos, I'm like doing research on the fly. Like some people are like, what is he even doing? It's like, we don't have time to edit this. We're just going to look at it. And I go, and I go down these wormholes and I was reading about slut shaming today. And there was this really interesting article where they, they did this sociological experiment um, where there was a few uh, women moved into a dorm for five years to interview the different members of this women's dorm about an issue that wasn't even dealing with slut shaming. But what they found out was all the women were starting to slut shame each other. And mm. they related it back to like a socioeconomic thing where the richer people were actually judging the poorer people for what they were wearing. And it, it shows you how layered it can all be. But within a church, there is like a hierarchy of like, if you're in the in crowd. So then you've got this moral superiority, like uh, do, you know, follow these commandments or else. And then when people feel like they have to save others, that is kind of like, it's kind of like the idea of like, um, like, like a cult, like you said, like people, if you, if you, if you feel like you're on a moral high ground, then you're probably judging someone and not coming from like a place of compassion. And that's what I feel when I see people that are like, hey, you know, do whatever you got to do, but virginity is what I believe in. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the point of what I'm rambling at here, but um, how do you, but like, how do you relate the slut shaming, the control aspect of that to the control aspect of, you know, maybe uh, wanting people to stay a virgin or like what other avenues of purity culture stand out to you? A lot of it. Um, yeah, just really enforcing this idea that if for some reason you have sex before you're married, then you aren't a whole person for whoever that spouse is that you're supposed to be with. And it really makes, especially, you know, people who 
are socialized as women make makes them think that they have to dress a certain way, act a certain way. You know, if they are sexualized by older men or if, you know, heaven forbid, they have some kind of sexual violence happen, then, you know, that's their fault somehow. It's a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of patriarchal ideas that, you know, on the one hand, men are in control and they're supposed to be the head of, you know, sexual um, desire. They're supposed to be kind of the arbiter of sexual desire, but women are also capable of leading men astray. And yeah, so it's a very weird dichotomy that it's like men are supposed to be like powerful and strong and all of these things, but yet somehow a spaghetti strap would just send them over the edge and they couldn't handle seeing it. So it's, it's a lot of really weird ideas. Like you know, that. I made the point today in, in my, my video about Riley and Marissa that, you know, men like boys in high school, it doesn't matter if you got a spaghetti strap on or turtleneck and ski pants. We are going to, if you got guys in high school, they're, they're chocked full of testosterone and hit, hitting puberty. It's, it's not the women's fault. It's just like a separate issue. So the idea that, that, that teen girls should cover up or act a certain way, it does make them feel like, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of times people hit puberty way before, I mean, way before their brains are developed. So they might feel like it's wrong to have boobs and cleavage, which is just, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I can't imagine the, the feeling of like, you know, like you did something wrong because you had your first period and you, and you, uh, your chest, uh, got bigger. Uh, you talked about the a whole person for your spouse. Yeah. It's the idea. Like you never hear of a guy being accused as being a, a homewrecker, right? It's always right. the woman that's the homewrecker, even though it's like, she's not, you know, breaking into the house to steal the guys. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a lot to unpack, but I guess the conversation I try to have with my audience is saying like, Hey, I'm not like saying like, like you've mentioned before, like religion is a, sort of an avenue for a lot of people's like moral barometer. Like they follow the religion, you know, you know, aspects I, I, like my family's Catholic and they are very charitable and they do well. I never really had a big um, issue with purity culture. Like, I, like maybe, and maybe that's because as a guy, it doesn't affect, do you feel like it just affects women more than the men and the men are sort of on the, on the, on the better side of things? I do think that there's a huge emphasis on women. And I also think, that men are very afraid to talk about how it's affected them um, for the most part, you know, even I know that it affects men because, you know, there's a lot of these ideas that, you know, men are basic, basically just sex mach machines and, you know, they can't turn off their desires and, you know, it's not their fault. They didn't respect that woman. Did you see what she was wearing? Like those kind of ideas, you know, if you're taught that over and over, I can just imagine, and you know, I've heard from others that it really does affect them, but you know, there's a whole other issue where men, um, at least in this country, are very hesitant to open up about things that are emotional. And that would, you know, include this kind of conversation about sex and intimacy and like their desires, like it's kind of, um, so I think it's like a yes and, like, yes, I think it affects women, maybe in some more overt ways, but I also think men are like slower to talk about the way it affects them. It's a great point. I feel like men also are, well, are obviously just as guilty of passing that down to the next generation, even if they're like, even if they, you know, uh, 
you know, men's men's aren't, men aren't worried about their dress code growing up. My fiance is uh, raised in Kentucky and she she talks, you know, she works in fashion. So fashion mm-hmm. can be very provocative. But at the same time, there are times when she wants to wear like a, you know, head to toe dress to a pool party. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm not I'm, I'm not the type to be like, don't wear that. But she's like, I know I was raised. I, my knees, like she's got the thing with the knee. She always talks about it. Like you can't have it above the knees too much. And like, it's just, it's silly. And then I think last year or the year before they found uh, people photoshopping the cleavage out of the yearbook photos. So now they're getting like big post-production. It used to be like, no, don't wear that. Now it's like, well, if you do wear it, we are going to put some MS paint across your clavicle there. And it's just like, I think some, I think people mean well, and it's just with, with someone like Mikey Planeta, I don't know if I'm saying his name, right? So he was right. on, he was on Katie Thurston season uh, of the, of the bachelorette. And, and he talked about having a slip up where he probably had oral sex or whatever. And how like, you know, that made national news probably mainly because how stupid it is. It's like Mikey Planeta slips up when he's a virgin, like God forbid, uh, pun intended. But so he's, so, I'm wondering, was this like the first time he he ever said these things in a public way? Maybe he's maybe people finally start to hear the I don't know if it's hypocrisy or just how like how like how many holes there are in their in their thoughts when they kind of say it out loud. So I wonder mm-hmm. if he has never been questioned. And you know, a lot of guys don't talk about their personal life. So like, how is this guy in his 30s play baseball? Listen, I play baseball my whole life. Every guy talks about everything on the baseball field. I'm not necessarily proud of it, but guys talk. And I'm, and I'm just thinking, like, how was he able to not sort of have people be like, hey, man, like, it just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Do you, do you find like, like, what was the moment? Do you have a moment where you where it hit you like, oh, this is wacky? Was there a specific moment? Um, so for me and my experience, you know, I went through college. Um, I started questioning sort of my faith and also the purity culture ideas and how those things, you know, interplayed um, towards the end of college. And then um, I just, so one of my big wake up calls where I was like, I obviously have some issues around sex that I didn't realize were such big issues. Um, I made out with a guy and then I felt so guilty and was so afraid that I actually went to the pharmacy the next morning and bought plan B because intellectually I knew that there was no possible way I could be pregnant. But that overriding irrational fear of like sex, intimacy, you know, all of that stuff, it just takes over your mind and you're not even thinking like a logical, rational person anymore. And I think after that, I was like, yeah, this is not normal. And this this is not how people who have healthy relationships with sex and sexuality act like this is not, this is not healthy for me. You know, that moment of that, like the idea of like suspending disbelief, it, it, it almost is like a certain type of person that can fall for like a multi-level marketing scam that can, you know, be deep anti-vaxxer and think they're putting magnets into their body. Like, I feel like there must be, and I don't study this, but there must be just this like disconnect in the rational side of the brain. And maybe it's just like um, an intelligence level where like, you're just not questioning things. Now I do stand-up comedy. We question everything. Plenty of comics I do comedy with, they question 
everything, whether it's left or right or whatever the case may be. And I just think it's a healthy place to, to look at things and go, look, follow the Bible all you want, but just understand that book didn't drop down from heaven, you know, like figure out, like, I, I believe in like an interconnected universe. I think we're all part of a large organism that makes sense to me vicariously, all this, uh, you, I could call it God amongst the right people or universe amongst others. I'm in Hollywood. People get a little afraid of certain terms. So it's like, whatever, but like, let's not pretend that because it was written in a verse in a Bible that it holds any laws over rational, uh, you know, 2021 thinking mm -hmm. so when people will say, well, but the Bible's stop, stop, be yeah. a good person. But if like, you're, you know, at an age, like, so how, like, I, I don't have any kids. I don't think, I don't know if you talk about that, but like, would you, how would you, how would you talk to your children about healthy, um, you know, sexual conversations? Yeah. I think that a lot of it is, you know, there's obviously benchmarks and like age appropriate things that you would discuss with a kid, you know, um, but a lot of it is about consent and autonomy. And that starts with, you know, does your kid want to hug their grandparent? Do they not want to hug their grandparent? Like, you know, giving them a choice on like what physical touch they can say yes to, they can say no to like, and making sure they know that that is their choice and they get to choose if they, you know, want to, you know, high five or hug or like whatever, you know, whatever that is and making sure, you know, that they know their body, they're in charge of their body and they get to decide, you know, what is, what feels right for them. And, you know, a lot of kids at a very young age, you know, they start discovering things about their body things that feel good and not shaming them for that because it is part of just normal human development. And it's, you know, something you do, you don't want to do it in the middle of the street, but you know, it's like, a, it's okay. It's not, it's not something to be ashamed of in any way. We had, um, we had like a family of my a cousin's friend or someone said, they were like, my dad told me if you touch it, it won't grow. And, you know, when you're like, when you're like eight, you're like, I, I want it to grow. I, I got it. I can't touch it. And you, and then, and then it's like, you're still going to touch it. You're just going to feel bad afterwards. <laughs> and so it's like how bizarre, but like, you can't expect an eight year old or 12 year old to, to, to be able to like question authority or this or that. And, you know, so when it comes to a lot of things I talk about, uh, I think my channel is relatively open-minded. I mean, my live stream, we had someone from Palestine, Pakistan, Slovenia, and Slovakia on the live stream. So these European and other, even the middle east, uh, the middle uh, mid east, we had um, some African countries, like you know, some people, a couple of guys in Zimbabwe. It's so cool to hear different cultures immediately be like, "You guys do what?" Now, not to say obviously huge issues going on in Afghanistan, huge issues in other parts of the world. But it, sure. but like we have all the resources. We've got the internet. We've got the infrastructure to like overcome everything and anything that provides us shame, whether it's, you know, over, you know, people who uh, eat, eat their, you know, eat uh, to medicate themselves or do, do drugs with, with comics. All we do is here every week. I got another comedy friend who passed away from an overdose or a suicide or this or that. And it's always, and it's always because of like, 
trying to fix some other problem. So you would think that the thing we would want is to just deburden ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is this, because I, I feel like whenever I post anything political or whatever, I basically get like the same two or three responses. I get called a simp every day. And I'm like, dad, thanks for calling. You know, like I'm always getting called things. I'm like, uh, I don't respond to it. It's fine. But do right. you, do you have like a sort of an idea of the sort of pushback you're going to get? And is it all, is it all sort of the same, the same sort of thing? Or, you know, has anyone ever stumped you with their critique of your uh, fight against purity culture? Not really. I mean, sometimes I just get really like out of pocket things, you know, I'll just get like a DM that's like you liberal. And I'm like, cool. Like, I don't know, some, some stuff like that, but you know, it's, it's really, um, when I read most people's responses, I can hear their fear and I can recognize that, you know, they're afraid of, um, people living outside of what they feel is right and experiencing the freedom that they probably wish that they could. Mm. Um, so whenever, and, and, you know, if people are being nasty, like I don't just let people abuse me on my own platform or, you know, things like that. Um, make but, you know, guys. Exactly. It's like, I'll just make money off of you. So thank I got a new you. T-shirt. I got a new hat. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like a lot of times you just, you can see, or I can see myself in that person and like how I used to believe. And so you can sometimes like reason it out a little bit and um you know so no it's like i've heard it all before because i probably said it all before you know it's like i i've been there yeah yeah it's um it's it's a, i think what you're doing is great i think your instagram's great my fiance is the one who sent me some of your things and i was like oh yeah she this is your wheelhouse to be bachelor nation i mean do you follow like are there any other shows you follow that give you as much or like a good amount of like material to use because Bachelor seems to just be like the place where, I mean, everyone's talking about it. You know, you have like a, you have like a built-in sort of market to call bullshit where you see it. Yeah. Bachelor is definitely a big one because I'm a big fan of The Bachelor. Um, and so I'm already watching it anyway. And um, yeah, I not, I mean, there's, there's always, it always crops up. You know, I, I like to look at pop culture too, because um I mean, there's just so many instances where, like, if you even look at, like, the Jessica Simpsons, Britney Spears, you know, they mm. were majorly um, sexualized, even as teens, and then really just, like, expected to be, it was kind of a weird dichotomy, because they were, like, seen as these, like, really, like, sweet, virginal people, like, women and then they were also expected to be sort of like sex symbols at the same time so it was like this whole weird tug of war but all i like yeah all while having like justin timberlake just just scotch free just walks out of the record just big accident walks right out and he's just since apologized i don't know what else he could do other than yeah i'm sure he, there's always more he can do but you know the interviews where like he's with the dj talking about pulling the v card it's almost like we've created this transaction by mm -hmm. by the currency of the v card the the idea like you said of being a whole spouse a whole person for your spouse mm -hmm. how do you how do you even reward these things is there like a like like a is, are there word? Are there you know? Is is it all about like changing the words we use to talk about like taking like take the uh, the verb of taking virginity? You know, it's like mm -hmm. such a mutual 
you know, I can understand if one person's not a virgin and the other is, then someone might, but the, even the idea of losing your virginity. So like, I keep on stumbling over, over these yeah. words. I know I've got my own biases that I still work through because, you know, it's one thing to be like, it is wrong to shame someone if they decide to have a one night stand. But at the same time, if you hear someone's like number, like, like on the episode Tuesday night, Riley and Marissa were playing this game where they had to eat like pig's feet. Um, if they didn't want to say how many sexual encounters they had. And I get it. I, I'd rather, I'd eat the whole pig before sharing mine, just because <laughs> you're going to be judged regardless of what you say. There's no like, mm -hmm. what's the sweet number six. You know, there's no number that's like too little or too much. My fiance and I haven't even talked about it. I'm like, I don't want to know. I, you know, I've been single for a long time. So I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to defend, you know, my twenties, mm -hmm. but, um, and I also don't care what her number would be because we, we have communicated our boundaries right now with the fact that we don't see other people. And like, it sounds so simple to say, but um, yeah. How do you overcome, how do you overcome the transactional, uh, I guess, ideology about sex? Yeah. I think you really have to shift your mindset to, you know, from it's either, you know, sex inside a monogamous relationship and that's meaningful or it's a one night stand and that means nothing. It's like, even a casual sexual encounter can be meaningful. It doesn't have to be like you're using this person and throwing them away. Like, you know, it's just a shift in thinking. For me, I just think it's like, if you think about um, having sex as like a loving relational thing, whether it's again, like monogamy or casual sex one night stand, it, it shifts your mindset to where I don't even think people would really be counting, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's not, you, you take the value away. You go, you know, we're not going to hold this on some sort of crazy pedestal. Like it's like, like, cause some people they're just like, look, we're going to, they schedule it. Like it's in their Google calendar with their friends with benefit. And then they watch survivor afterwards. Like, you know, and Hey, sometimes one person catches more feelings than the other and you, you work through that. But I think mm -hmm. the idea with everything with, with regards to purity culture is if people feel like they can talk about, like if you, like when you, was it hard for you to even share the, the, the your plan B story the first time? Like, like you, you're very, it's very easy for you to recall these moments now, but that there, there yeah. must've been, that must've been like a, like a secret. You, that must've been like a dark thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that happened like, I mean, probably eight years ago and I probably just talked about it last year so <laughs> um I yeah I mean now it's like I'm so far past it that I'm like this is actually I like to laugh like I just like to laugh about things I can make fun of myself I can make fun of like oh my gosh I used to believe these crazy things and now I don't and now I can laugh about it and if if it makes you feel seen, like if it makes you feel less bad about something similar that you did, that's great because I'm not ashamed of it and you shouldn't be either because we all were just doing our best. And yeah, I just like, I like using, a, you know, my own experience to just make people feel like, oh, wow, you know, I have done something similar and I never wanted to say anything. And thank you for just going first and just embarrassing yourself a tiny amount so everyone else can feel better that's that's literally my whole act is me embarrassing like here's some weird things i did that i never thought i would talk about but like we said before you're parlaying the energy it's like by not talking about it you've, you're like 
closing off a highway in your soul. And then the second you talk about it, it just gets rid of it. Sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. It's wild. It's wild what the, the human soul can like overcome when it's just becomes authentic and real with what it wants and all that. Um, have you ever considered doing like a live touring show with purity culture? I would seriously love to do like stand up. I just love making people laugh. I love talking about like my story because I think there's so many things that are really funny about the way I grew up. And I have other friends who are like ex-Christian, also comedians, or maybe some who are still Christian, but like to talk about their experiences too. Yeah. And I really want like me and my friends to like do something together like that. Oh, if you ever, I mean, let me, I'll talk to you off air, but absolutely. Cause when, when, a, when a comic hears another funny story, you go, man, I wish I had that bit. Like, <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, some guys got some guy got bit by a shark. I wish I had that bit. And I'm like, wow, that's that you have a lot. You have a lot there. I have this like um, I've been talking about my stepdad being homophobic and in, in, in the most compassionate way that like a phobia is a is a false like fear of something. But most homophobia, it's actually not that it's like afraid of becoming gay. It's like a weird thing. And I was I was trying to relate it back to like most people that are afraid of catching gay are the same people that aren't afraid of catching COVID. And I don't know what the, com and it's like, well, when in the, cause like my family, they're like, you know, not all of them are, you know, wanting vaccines and they're, sure. if it, if it's God's will, I'll get COVID. And it's like, well, apply that to like homosexuality. If it's God's will, maybe you'll turn gay. Like what, well, you know, there's just like a very much like, I don't know, uh, hypocrisy that happens there with like what people will sort of, um, you know, like, like with, with certain aspects of Christianity, and I know I got to get you, we'll get out of here in a second. It's almost like passing the buck along. It's almost like not taking responsibility. If it's God's way, and it's like God created you, so whatever choices you make are God's way. So like I always say, my defense is, hey, if I was made in God's image, maybe he had a good sense of humor. You know, maybe I'm there to poke fun at your stupid purity culture. You know? Exactly, like exactly. You know? We're made in God's image. We're here to call out this stupid stuff. Um. And I do want to save room for people that push back for like, I'm not attacking people's religion. I'm attacking, like you said, the people that use religion to control others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we, I guess there's other topics within religion that can be discussed at a later date in time. But for right now, it seems like purity cultures, a big one that leads to a lot of damage in our country and you go and it might exist other places, but we're just dealing with it here. And mm -hmm. this, it's almost like this, the sad and scary part is like, you don't notice it in people till some things go down. You don't see people's true colors about how they feel about certain things because we we're, we keep that held so close to us. And I can't help but wonder how many people go through life with, you know, some haze of depression or anxiety or guilt or whatever it may be, just because they think what they're doing is wrong and it's really not. And I think mm -hmm. your Instagram does a really good job of talking about that. So I encourage everyone to follow you at Talk Purity to me. I love the uh, I love the uh, talk dirty to me uh, <laughs> reference there. Yes. And, um, I got to buy one of your pieces of merch so I can wear it on my live stream. But um, uh, is there anything else you want to promote on here before I let you go? Yeah, I've got, like you said, my merch. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. All all platforms is talk purity to me. So yeah, I'd love to have y'all follow along. And yeah, just thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for explaining everything. You've uh, you really hit the nail on the head with a lot of this, so I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thank you guys again so much for having a listen. And if you want to check out the video of this or any other videos, you can go to uh, Dave Neal on YouTube and check that out there. I've got tons of 
stand-up shows coming up. So definitely follow me on Instagram at dneals, and you can catch all of that content there. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye now. Bye.